We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The Detroit Lions wraps up the first week of training camp. Who are some guys who stood out? And we have a surprise cut on the team who was a veteran on the team. Who was that guy? Find out on episode 30 of The Pride Podcast. guys welcome back to episode 30 of the pride podcast on the blue wire network i'm tyler from lions nation i'm pierre from detroit lions fan page what's going on everybody i am malcolm i'm with the detroit lions video page and before we start the episode this podcast is sponsored by harrys.com all right guys so our first topic on the day the Lions a few days ago made a very interesting roster move. So we talked about the Mike Daniels move a few days ago, which I want to thank you guys so much. Awesome support for that episode. We were excited. You guys were obviously excited. You guys did your job and gave us our support. So all I could do is say thank you. But we did not cover the other transaction the Lions made after Mike Daniels because we didn't know the news at the time. The Lions uh, cut running back Theo Riddick. So, with that cut happening, that leaves the running back group of Carrion Johnson, C.J. Anderson, Ty Johnson, Zach Zenner, and running back Mark Thompson. So, Malcolm, what are your thoughts and reactions to the Lions parting ways with the oldest running back in that group, Theo Riddick? And, and to say that he's the oldest running back in the group, it just makes him sound old. But realistically, Theo Riddick is only 28 years old. He's not even, he hasn't hit 30 yet. He's still a young back. So he still has a bright future ahead of him. Um, you know, we all wish him the best. This is something that we all prepared for. We all kind of, we even talked about this on the Dave Perquette episode. We kind of had an idea that if they did were to draft a running back, 
most likely because of the his contract situation, he could have been he could be released. He could be that 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 veteran cut that everybody expected to happen at least once a year. Um, he's one of the better um, pass catching backs in the league. Um, he's a great you know pass protector in in that end, but he's coming off a really down year. Last year he's coming off a year with no touchdowns on on the ground or even catching touchdowns. Um, he only had 171 total yards on on 40 40 touches, which is you know the average is pretty good, but the production is not there. And his 60 catches, he had 61 catches for three 384 yards with no touchdowns. So he's coming off a really down year. I know he could definitely bounce back. So I just wish him the best, man. What do you think about this beer? Uh, what you said first, I want to say like thanks to Theo gave us great memories, great moments, especially in the fourth quarter with the two minute offense. Uh, he was great in that. Like you said, great third down pass protector. Um, I don't, I don't think the Lions used him right last year. That's just my opinion. I still think he has it. I think he's capable of it. I wouldn't be shocked the next team he goes to that he'll he'll return back to his old self. And like I said last time. Um, Daryl Bevel doesn't really use receiving backs that much. Uh, in Seattle, he did not use them that much. So he wasn't really a fit here. And like you said, they got Ty Johnson. So I wish him nothing but the best. And also, we got the news just now that the Broncos and the Saints, I think, offered him a deal and he's weighing his options. Mm-hmm. He's deciding between both those teams. Yep. So looks like the Saints are Broncos. So... Uh, so my opinion on the Theo Riddick situation is I'm honestly a little surprised how early they did it on. I thought they'd maybe give him a, a preseason game or something. I'm surprised how early on in camp they did it. But I think with how you – know, I think Ty Johnson's looked pretty good so far in camp so far. We'll get in more into depth about some individual performances on training camp. But the way that Brandon Powell and Ty Johnson have looked so far, some younger options – have looked good and it seemed like I was there one day while Theoretic was still here. It was on Friday. He was still on the team. They weren't really using him in first team or second team even. He was mainly with the third team. So I, I guess it was, you know, really expected at the time. And we kind of prepared for this back all the way in March and April. So it doesn't really come as much of a surprise to me. But I want to bring up one name that Lions fans are familiar with who I think could take over what this what this move could mean for the Lions. And I'm going to name, I'm going to bring up is Brandon Powell. And the reason why I'm bringing up Brandon Powell, I think I brought up two episodes ago of the wide receiver competition. I was talking about that. And I said Brandon Powell not making the team. After going to training camp these past three days, Brandon Powell has been mainly working with the first and second team. So with that happening... I think Brandon Powell has a spot on this team after this theoretic, theoretic cut. And the reason why I'm bringing this up, I'm bringing back our offensive coordinator, Daryl Bevel, and how he's used smaller wide receivers with similar speed to Brandon Powell. And guys I'm going to bring up are Percy Harvin, and I'm going to bring up Tyler Lockett. Daryl Bevel used both those guys in the running game and the passing game. And I think the versatility... I think I could potentially see Brandon Powell with his size and speed because he has very similar speed to T- Percy Harvin and Tyler Lockett. With their speed, with his speed, I could see Daryl Bevel using him both in the backfield and in the passing game. 
And I think that's where Brandon Powell's versatility, I think he has the versatility to have a spot on this roster. And I, where I think this is a very positive thing for Brandon Powell, because I think this, this cut right here, cutting Theo Riddick, shows they are high on their guys. And that's kind of what I've saw. And I did my research with how Daryl Bevel's used speedier wide receivers and smaller wide receivers. And Brandon Powell came up in mind for me. And I think after this Theo Riddick cut, I think Brandon Powell has a spot on this roster now. I want to say one thing. Um, Percy Harvin and uh, Tyler. Tyler Lockett, they are like, I believe both were drafted high and both like were talented coming out. Brandon Powell, he, he was good last year, like in preseason, but this year in camp to me, he struggled a little, but we'll get more into that later. I, they could use him that way, but we'll see. And I don't know if he's as fast as those guys you mentioned either. The, I was looking at back at their 40 time. Brandon Powell ran a 4.45. Percy Harvin ran a 4.41. So, same speed. Tyler Locker ran a 4.40. So, I'm comparing them. And Percy Harvin actually went to University of Florida as well. That, so, that was a fact. That is a fact. So, he sure did. I'm bringing back some like connections, and Daryl Bevels used those type of guys before. And I kind of thought of this, and I did my research of like how Bevels used those guys, and those guys have had success under Daryl Bevels. So I'd keep an eye on Brandon Powell, man. After the Steel Riddick cut, also do want to say I did see Powell the other day at camp run out of the backfield. Exactly. I was gonna just bring that up later on. So yeah, I don't I don't count that out, man. I'm I'm really looking at the scenario. I kind of looked at it more deeper than I think other people are. I think this Steel Riddick cut makes. Like Brandon Powell should be a happy guy right now. That wow. I think I think this is a good spot for Brandon Powell. And as I said two episodes ago, I didn't have him making the roster if they didn't if they carried five receivers. I now do have Brandon Powell making the roster. Mm. Okay, wow, man, you, you 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 hit us with like I said, you hit us with some left hooks there, man. I can tell you now for the people that did not were the people that were unable to attend the training camps and and know this information that you know about Brandon Powell, we're shocked. Because yeah. when when we're looking at the theoretic situation, we're thinking of who can replace his production in the passing game. We're thinking, you know, we're thinking carry on Johnson. We're thinking we're thinking Ty Ty Johnson. We're thinking those guys, but you hit us with Brandon Powell. Yeah. Yes. So Ty Johnson was actually the first thing that popped into my head when the, the cut happened. But, you know, looking at back at Daryl Bevel and seeing how he's used some of the receivers, I could see Brandon Powell being that guy right. using him. Using him. I don't think he's as high of a player as Tyler Lockett or Percy Harvin. I'm not comparing them. I'm just saying I could see him using them how they use those guys, how okay. Bevel used in Minnesota and um, in Seattle. All right. Also, a fun fact, um, C.J. Anderson could also catch the ball, believe it or not. He was Denver's two-minute back back when he played for Denver. Yeah. So. That's also interesting, too. Yeah, I, I, I think mean, they have their options because Carrion can catch the ball. Ty Johnson can catch the ball. They have, they pretty much have their options. They could do whatever they want, really. So it'll yeah. be interesting to see how they, what they do. And, and because, because of all that, that's what made it hard for Theo Riddick because there's so many guys on the team that could do what he does. Probably not, probably, exactly. Probably not as great because he's a – I looked at Theo like a really great pass-receiving running back. He You know, he – I think in the past four years, he has 50-plus catches. So, I mean, he's up there. But these, yeah. guys, these guys, if you give them the targets, they can do just as good of a job. So that's, that's why yeah. it, made it, it made it a little bit harder to deal. That's why we kind of knew he wasn't going to make the team. Yeah, I forgot to mention, again, thank you, 
a lot to Theo Riddick for, you know, like Peter saying, you know, he was a really exciting player, especially in those two-minute drills. So, kind of wish him nothing but luck, you know, in the rest of his NFL career. And he does have. I want to say, I want to say also the same thing. I want to say thank you, Theo Riddick. And I want to thank Theo Riddick for a, a game that will always be my memory. Why will it always be my memory? Again, people, I live in Miami. <laughs> the one game, I believe this was, it wasn't like, it was four years ago. We played Miami um, yep. in Detroit. Yep. And it was a really tight game. And we were down, I think we were down by four. Last minute, last, it was like 20 seconds left. Yeah. Um, Stafford got the ball, threw, that, threw it like in the corner of the end zone right to Theo Riddick. Theo Riddick caught it, put us on top, and we actually beat the Dolphins that game. So I want to thank Theo Riddick personally for that game. All right, guys, let's get into the next topic. You know what time it is? It's time for training camp observation. So we got a new segment for you guys. Me and Pierre uh, both attended training camp. I was there for three days. Pierre was there for one day, I believe, right? Yep. So Pierre was there for one day. So we had our eyes out there and some observations. So Malcolm was curious, and I haven't spoiled much for him. So I'm going to let him go ahead and ask some questions to me and Pierre and see what he wants to know and kind of pick from our brains a little bit. Yeah, first of all, so, I want uh, everybody to know I am jealous as hell because I wish I was there. But, you know, again, I live in Miami. Um, so it's hard <laughs> for me to attend uh, events like this. But... There's, there's questions that the fans want to know that I want to know. People that, you know, don't have the opportunity to attend these events, like myself. Um, I'm going to let everybody know I will be there next year. Um, okay. But, oh. <laughs> okay. But um, just, just some, some questions. First of all, the first question we want to know, and this is going to be like a double question. Everybody that, you know, that, that used to follow the pod knows about the oopsie doopsie and bother the week. Oh, they know okay. that. We're, we're, we're bringing that back. back. <laughs> we're not. What we're gonna do just really quick. Who was the oopsie doopsie of training camp, and who was the baller of the of the training camp? Who was the baller of the week? Pierre, let me start this off. Uh, okay. Oopsie doopsie. There's a, there's a few options. I'll say that. Ooh. And one of them I'm gonna give you right now is one of our draft picks, actually, and. A draft pick is our last pick. It was, or was our last pick? PJ Johnson. He was our last pick. So yeah, I'm gonna. Uh, PJ Johnson was not very impressive to me. I, I had a lot higher expectations going into Allen Park watching him. I believe it was on Sunday. I saw that guy got pancaked at least two, three times. And Damn. This wasn't like Taylor Decker. This wasn't like Rick Wagner. It, it wasn't Glasgow. It wasn't any of our starters. It wasn't Ragnow. This was, I mean, no, I, I like Terrell Crosby, but Terrell Crosby made this boy look like a baby out there. <laughs> and how big PJ Johnson is getting pancaked, I believe it was one or two times by Terrell Crosby. It, man, I was not impressed with PJ. And running backs were running right in front of him like it was no problem. So, exactly. It kind of yep. looked like Crosby looked like vintage Quentin Nelson. Oh my god! <laughs> Just from that one play, <laughs> pancaking PJ Johnson, it was it was bad, man. It was bad. The, the crowd was going crazy. Everyone was I'll, chanting Terrell Crosby. <laughs> I was just gonna ask that. How was the atmosphere there? Like, do the, oh, the do the fans get into it? Like, as far as like yeah, when they see something like that, are they like, ooh? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. You hear ooh and ahs. The, the, the oh, fans man. were into it. They're like, 
no one knew who PJ. Not many people knew who PJ Johnson was. They're like, okay, Crosby, and then, mm-hmm. but Pierre, get into the ball or the week. All right, so uh, there's two, but I'll go with one. Uh, this is the one that I'm going to choose as a rookie. He was our first round pick, uh, TJ Hawkinson. Now I've heard be like, whoa, TJ Hawkinson. Like, how is that possible? He's a rookie tight end. This guy is doesn't even look like. No, this guy doesn't even look like a rookie out there, Malcolm. I kid you not. He's he was the best pass catcher at camp. He like, I agree. Better than Kenny Galladay and better than Marvin Jones. Now I, I don't want to like. I don't want to like hype this guy up too much, but this guy he caught everything. Whether it was a linebacker on him, a DB, um, he, it didn't matter. There were backups on him, starters. He caught everything. Everything thrown his way. Um, I don't. I don't think he's had a drop. Nope. Very crisp route runner. Creates separation. He plays faster than his forty time. He. You see it the way he plays. He just runs by people. I don't know. He's good at creating separation. Good at pinpointing the ball. I saw him um, moss someone in the back of the end zone. Ooh, Will Harris. Harris. I think everybody yeah, saw yeah. that. That that was you heard like the fans go crazy with that. So yeah, TJ Hawkson is is my baller league, and I want to give like a honorable mention Matthew Stafford. Uh, I was there on Sunday, and I only saw one bad pass. Everything's yeah. on point, accurate. Look good. His arm looks good. He looks more lean, but he's in he's in better shape. He's moving around a little. You could see him like rolling rolling out a little. Uh, you're gonna see a lot more play action this year. So, yeah, Stafford looks good too. So, I want I want to I want to hop in about T.J. Hawkinson real quick. Uh, I just want to say that T.J. Hawkinson, out of the tight ends I've ever seen with live being at the stadium or whatever. He's the best tight end I've ever seen live. And honestly, you fantasy owners should hop on the TJ Hawkinson bow. I really mm. think he's that good. He's the best Lions tight end I've seen since I was born, pretty much. I haven't seen anyone like for a Lions tight end, but I mean, he, he, he's, he's impressive. He's different, man. He, he has a little bit of everything, and he's good at everything. And I'm not trying to hype him up too much, but I am hyping him up too much because he's, he's just a beast, man. I don't know. Explain it like you just if you have the chance to go to Allen Park, like I know Malcolm said, he unfortunately cannot attend this event. But if you have the chance to go to Allen Park, go watch TJ Hawkinson. If you have the chance to go to that Ford Field game they have the Friday upcoming, go watch TJ Hawkinson. It is well worth it's free, anyways. But it's if I would pay to go watch TJ Hawkinson, it's worth admission. And Malcolm, I know when you watch him on TV week one and you'll be here week two for Ford Field, you're just gonna leave. Wow. And I really believe he's that good. I, I've never been that impressed with the tight end, and I've seen some pretty good tight ends. I haven't seen Gronk, like Peter says, but I've seen Greg Olson. And I, I came out more impressed with TJ Hawkinson than Greg Olson. So, oh man, I, I, I'm excited to see what he could do against some other teams and other competitors. But from what I've seen, what he's done to the Lions defense – He's already coming like Stafford's favorite weapon, it seems like. And I think Stafford's best weapon. I'm already going on the limb to say it's Stafford's best weapon. That's 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 huge. Um, let me ask a question, because this is something that a lot of fans are asking about. Or not even they're asking, they're actually saying right now. Um, to the TJ Hawkinson hype. And I, I'm I'm all in. I'm on the Hawkinson train, Hawkinson train right now. You know, I'm I'm riding it um, because I'm hearing everything that's going on. I'm seeing everything that's going on. But for the people that are not quite on the train yet, 
The people who are saying, well, TJ Hawkins is doing this to this defense because the Lions always struggle to cover tight ends. What what can we say? Do you guys have anything to say about as far as the Lions' history on covering tight ends? Is that the reason why TJ Hawkinson well, is looking good? Or is TJ Hawkinson just balling out because he's just balling out? I'll say this. Uh, there was a play where, like, Jelani was all over him and he still caught it. Like, there's mm-hmm. plays where he's, like, he's thick. There's, like, sticky. There's good coverage on him, but he still catches it. Mm-hmm. I read, I didn't see this exactly, but I think Tyler saw this. I read a play where they said Quandre Diggs had tight coverage on him. Yep. And he just snatched the ball out of Quandre's hands. Yeah, I, was, I was just going to bring that up. And I was going to bring up another play. This was not involving TJ Hawkins. It was actually involving our other good tight end, Jesse James. Jared Davis has, I would say, improved a little bit more on his coverage. And he made a hell of a play on Jesse James. And I saw a similar play where it was Hawkinson on Davis. Hawkinson caught it. Jelani Tavai has done a great job on coverage this camp so far. Uh, TJ Hawkins still came up with catches against Jelani, but every other target, I guess you could say, Jelani's done a really good job on, besides for TJ Hawkinson. So, I don't, think it's, I don't think it's the Lions' history of not being being able to cover tight ends. I think it's honestly, he's just that good, honestly. He is, I guess, there it is. I guess he's just the real deal. Um, shout out to Bob Quinn with that pick. <laughs> um, yeah. What I want to know is, and everybody want to know is, what is that? What is the backup quarterback situation looking like? Who who's leading? Who's leading? Because I'm hearing I'm hearing mixed stories. I'm hearing awful, Bruh. terrible, Bruh. trash can. Bruh. What what would you guys like? Th- those do we have a backup? Do we have those backup? words are those words are pretty accurate. I'm not gonna lie. I would say <laughs> I want to say this. Uh, Tom Savage is probably like the strongest arm backup quarterback we've had. Uh, and David Tyler could talk about David Fails because that's oh his boy. <laughs> Tom Savage, when I was there, he was pretty good, mm. like for a backup. For a backup. Now, I heard like the other days he was decent or like below average. No, but what Malcolm was saying those words. But when I when you like think about it though, maybe like they just need like pick up the offense, get used to the players because he hasn't really practiced with you. They did mini camp, but the pads weren't on or anything, so. Maybe like they just needed to get like a little used to it or something. So um, I'll say this: uh, they, you know how you had an honorable mention for uh, Baller of the Week. Uh huh. I'll give you my honorable mention for Oopsie Doopsie of the Week. I'm going to give that to David Fields. Um, David Fields is not impressive at all to me, and that guy sits in the pocket for way too long. I've never seen a quarterback. Receivers are calling for the ball, like pass the ball to me. There's three guys calling for the ball. I saw. I believe it was center. I saw Mark Thompson had it once, and I believe it was Isaac Dotto once. They're like, pass the ball, please. They're wide open in the end zone. Isaac Dotto is calling for the ball. He, he beat his coverage. He got the separation. David Phils did not throw the ball. And say about Tom Savage, I'll say this. I'm, I've been, I guess, it's not really hard to over-impress David Phils, but I saw, I'll say I, I've been more impressed with Tom Savage, but... Sure, not very impressive. I think I could throw. Okay, never mind. I, I think I could throw a better ball than David. <laughs> I wouldn't say that. Okay, okay. You know I'm exaggerating. But, but what I would say is when um, David fails, basically his receivers are done with the route, and he throws the ball really late, or like overthrows it or underthrows it. I don't know. It's just bad. He's disgusting. You guys will see him preseason on TV. Yeah, David fails is not good. Yeah, Tom Savage, Tom Savage is not much better. I think Malcolm's words of hideous Bruh. trash can, Bruh. all the other 
mentions were pretty management. accurate. Waste um, management, pr- pretty accurate. David Fells, like, to be honest, and this is coming from somebody that watched a lot of Miami games, unfortunately, because they're here. Um, he learned from the best. Tannehill, Tannehill. holds <laughs> the ball too long. <laughs> that was Tannehill's problem. He holds the ball too long. So, I mean, you, you only could pick up what you see, um, to be honest. And he learned from Tannehill. That was Tannehill's problem. But, man, that's... That's not pretty promising for our backup role. So long story short, if something did happen to Stafford, which, you know, we're all praying, hopefully nothing happens. If something happens to Stafford, you basically have to, like, trade for, like, a Jacoby Brissett or trade for, like, a high-end backup, or you're screwed. And that's going to be hard to just trade for a backup like that in the middle of the season, and hopefully they pick up the offense for you to, to give you a chance to win games. Is it, uh, uh, man? If David Fields ever has to play a game for the Lions, we're not winning anything. We're not winning anything. We're, we're not getting a touchdown. I'll say that unless carry on breaks for a hundred yard rush. Oh I'll say man, that. he's um, that bad. Man, that's that's not good. Um, well, while we we're talking about offense, speaking of offense, how is offense doing with um with Bevel's with Bevel's new scheme and his new offense? Do you see any sign of struggling? Does his team? Might take a few weeks to get it together, or are, are these guys clicking right now? I'm going to say no. I don't think there's going to be an adjustment period for this offense. I think their main guys, your Kenny Galladay, your Marvin Jones, your TJ Hawkinsons, your Jesse James, your Kerryon Johnson, I think they've already got this offense down. I think Stafford's already got this offense down. I think it's more of maybe adjustment, and it's still really early in camp. It's only the first week is maybe some of the backups. Like Jermaine Curse. I mean – it's a little weird because he knows the philosophy of Daryl Bevel. But I haven't like been like too too impressed with Jermaine Curse, to be honest. I mean, he's mm. been all right. Um, but I think like the main three receivers I've I've really like enjoyed watching Danny Amendola. He's really smooth out there. Kenny Galladay's, you know, Kenny Galladay and Marvin Jones is like he's recovered well from his injury. And then our running game, I've been impressed with, you know, carry on, CJ. I think it's more of the backups. That will need the adjustment, kind of like the the rookie Travis Fulgham. You know, he's still he, he was getting some reps with the first team, but you know, he he's still I think adjusting to the offense in the NFL game. So I don't think it'll take a few weeks for our starters. I think our offensive lines in sync. But to be fair, our main defensive line is not out there, so it's a, little, it's a little tough to tell. But from what I've seen, I have I don't think it'll take weeks, or I don't even think it'll take a game, honestly, from the regular season to have an adjustment period, kind of like what the defense had last year. I don't think it's the same thing. I think it's the offense is a little more simple than the Matt Patricia defense that they were running into last year. And I want to say this about the offense. We're seeing like, we're seeing a lot of motions, which is like basic, but we didn't see that with Jim Bob Cooter. With Bevel, you're seeing motions, you're seeing rollouts. You're seeing like, there was a, a time where like, I don't know how to say it. Like staff, they were like basically practicing with Stafford, where like if the pressure's in your face, like spin and throw it or something. They had like these little quarterback drills they were doing. So I don't know. It's just it's different. It's different, and the players look like they're all bought in. It doesn't look like anyone really have miscues. The miscues are like the young guys, like Tyler said, Lacey, your Powell, your Lacey, your Fulgham, Jermaine Curse, and Stafford have not had a connection, which to me is concerning about him making the roster right now. So like. We'll see. 
I actually mentioned two episodes ago, I did not have Jermaine Chris as a lock on the roster. I had him making it, but he was not definitely a lock, especially with the guaranteed money he has. It's not very much, so it's not very much of a risk to letting go of Jermaine Chris if they didn't want to bring him on. We have to also remember that right now, Darius Slay, Snacks Harrison, Trey Flowers are Aquara, not... Aquara, Those guys are not practicing, and like the other day there was some injuries. Deshaun yeah. Hand got hurt. and Austin Bryant. Austin Bryant, John Atkins. So I want to see like a healthy defensive line against our healthy O-line. I want to see how our O-line matches up against that stout defensive line. That's, that's, what I was saying early, that's what I was saying earlier. It's a little hard to tell. They've looked good so far, though, but that's like saying, you know, you're seeing like a lot of second unit guys, third unit guys out there, a lot of rookies. So it's a little more tough to tell. You know, Devon Kennard's even not out there. Christian Jones. Some, like, a lot of their starters are not out there right now. So it is a little tough to tell. I'd say right now the offense does have a beat on the defense. But, like I said, a lot of the star defenders are not out no there. No slay. So. Mike Daniels hasn't practiced yet either with yeah, the Lions. That's, so. that's true. But I think the main thing that's going on right now is chemistry. I, and that's what I've been hearing. So I've been seeing. Not really seeing because I haven't seen it. Um, but what I've been hearing and, and – um, you know, just just hearing there's a lot of chemistry going on with the offense between Stafford and Danny Mandola, Stafford and TJ. Um, you know, there's a lot of chemistry going on, and that's a good thing. I think that's that's important. That at least they're building chemistry with the new guys, and you know they're getting comfortable with their new weapons. So that's that's I think that's a positive regarding that. All right, so this is something big as far as um a lot of people are looking this as the biggest hole on the team. And we're talking about that guard position. How is that guard comp- um, competition looking like? Is anybody stealing, taking the job and running away with it right now? Or, um, I'll say this: I don't have any. No one has taken the job yet. I don't think it's anyone near close. You've seen you've seen the line honestly testing a lot of dip- different options at that left guard spot. I've seen Joe Dahl. I've seen Kenny Wiggins, and I've seen like Bo Benchawel. I've seen some of their other guys they've had and brought in for camp, but um, no one has taken the job by any means. I'd say the most impressive one, honestly, at the left guard position right now is Joe Daldemy right now. Um, I think Oday has been prominent, more of a right guard, it seems like. I haven't seen, at least with my own eyes, of Oday at left guard, but right now, I'd say Joe Dahl is leading it, but I wouldn't say by much. I, I don't know. It's not. It's a little tough to tell, man. That's good without for him. without some star defenders, but I think Joe Dahl has looked the best to me so far at the left guard. Good for him. Honestly, for me, this is like a position I still look to upgrade. I'm not sold on any of those two or three guys. Mm-hmm. I think they're all good backups, probably. But as a starter, it's kind of concerning to me. I don't know. It's just and like Tyler said, like they're literally reshuffling the line, and the starters aren't out there, so I don't really know who looks better and who doesn't. It's really hard to tell. Yeah. But Dahl does look good in the running game. So, yeah. And when the Lions are running the ball, they're running it in between Glasgow and Ragnow. I've realized that a lot. Tyler, did you realize that as well? I, I, did, I did notice that they're running more on the right side than the left. Which makes sense because that left side is not really settled. Yeah. And I think, yeah, I agree with that. It's just I, I'll give you a better answer to that question when I see guys like Trey Flowers, Mike Daniels, Snacks, all those guys on the defensive line, Aquar, Aishon, all those guys. Gotcha. I, I can give 
I can give you a better answer to that question later or on. Or when the Patriots come to town. The Patriots are disciplined. I want to see how we practice against the Patriots. That too. That's, that'll be good. Um, what about um, Frank Ragnar? Has they moved him? Did it move him to guard any time in this training camp, or he just been strictly not, center? He's the prominent center now, and I actually asked Graham Glasgow this question. This is actually coming from Graham Glasgow's mouth. I'm like, are they moving you back to the offensive guard officially? He's like, it sure seems like that. <laughs> so uh, I think he's kind of taken on. He's, he's looking like he's, he knows he's going to be the guard again, and right now is just going to be the full-time center, it, looks, it seems like. I think yeah, the huge. only positions they haven't really moved around much is Taylor Decker exclusively at left tackle, Ragnall at center, and Wagner at right tackle. They haven't really played with that that much, but they've played with the other positions. Yeah. So I think Frank at center is going to be huge. And we're going to see why in that running game. I think that's going to be huge um, oh, yeah. for him to be in that middle. Um, what I want to know is how is the corners looking? All right, so uh, the obvious number two right now, in my opinion, is Rashawn Melvin. 300%. Um, he's been, like, solid, you know? Not, like, a lead, but he's been, like, what you call a good number two corner. I mean, he gets beat occasionally, but he's with his guy the most most of the time. He, he's been solid. I'm not going to lie. And my uh, Malcolm, I got to apologize to you. So, Tease Tabor. <laughs> I mean, he's not getting beat badly. I actually saw him someplace staying with Kenny Galladay when I was watching. Um. Don't Tease buy the hype. Tabor, Tease Tabor is he's he's covering well. He's using his technique. You know, I have a single tear, have a single tear coming down my eye. But go ahead. <laughs> if man. I had a guess right now, if I had a guess, Tease Tabor would be like the number like three outside corner. If you know what I mean, so like he'd be your top backup your, outside corner. Your depth piece, and then yeah. outside. I mean, I mean, I'm sorry. In the nickel, Justin Coleman. Looks, I, when I watched him, he looked really, really good. He had sticky coverage the entire time. He didn't get beat once. And Jamal Agnew, surprisingly, he's been, he's looked good too. I don't know. Maybe Tyler can ask to say more because I only watched him for like one practice. Yeah, I'll say this about Justin Coleman. I was honestly very underwhelmed with him on Friday and Saturday. I was not too impressed. I'm like, this is the guy we gave all this guaranteed money to. And then, like Pierre says, Sunday, he played a lot better but i want to see these guys with Darius Slay out there i agree i agree rashawn melvin is i think the clear-cut cornerback too he's looked good and he's looked good against guys like kenny galladay looked good against guys like marvin jones so i want to see what's with slay out there maybe you know i think he'll look a lot better and i'm gonna give a name who i've not been impressed with who was on the team last year and that's and that's mike ford i I agree I've been really, really underwhelmed with Mike Ford, honestly, the past few days. I expected him to improve, and if anything, I've been thinking he looks like he's, he looks worse, honestly, than from what I saw last year. I'd say, I'd said in a few episodes when Malcolm was talking about cornerbacks, I had Mike Ford making it over tease. Uh, seeing Mike Ford mainly working with the second and like third unit, I gotta say, I'm sorry as well, Malcolm. Uh, I have Tease Tabor over Mike Ford. Not that I'm buying into the hype. Another tier. Another tier just came down my. Not that I'm buying into the hype of Tease Tabor, but I think he has a spot on this team, and I think it is a little concerning that cornerback spot. I think after your star guys like Darius Slay, Rashawn Melvin, Justin Coleman, I don't think the depth behind the cornerback position is great. Honestly, 
Uh, I haven't seen Marcus Cooper out there yet, who was on the team last year. Uh, and, uh, like, Mike Ford has not been impressive to me. Amani Arue, he's, he's not bad, but he's not going to get much playing time, as you could tell, this year. He's still pretty young. I give him, He's a development project, I Amani think. is having his ups and downs, and when he's not, he's dropping picks. Yeah, which he is, dropped which, one on Sunday. Yeah, he's dropping his picks, but he's had, like, decent coverage. But there is other times he gets beat. He's having, he's up and down. You know, he's a rookie, which is expected. That's that's what I said. Uh, it, it's a development project. You know, I don't. Right. I wouldn't expect much out of him his rookie season, or at least the first few weeks of his rookie season. And I'm like, yeah, Jamal Agnew, I think he had a pick on Saturday, if I'm not mistaken. I mean, yeah, he he's, yeah he, he's, he's looking all right. He's not looking great, but... I think he makes a team. I think he's looked better than most of the other options. I think he he could be that backup nickel corner behind Justin Coleman if he, anything were to happen. He has not lost his speed, which is good. He's coming off an injury. Jamal Agnew looks fast as he's he's looked. He looks good. Yeah, he, he looks that's good. He's quick. All right, Pride Podcast listeners. We got an announcement to make. Blue Wire is teaming up with Harry's to make sure our listeners are shaving comfortably. Go to harrys.com slash bluewire to save $10 on our value trial set, which includes a five-blade razor with a lubricating strip and trimmer blade, rich lathering shaving gel, and a travel blade cover. You get all that for just $3 shipped right to your door. Enough with the cheap razors. It's totally worth trying Harry's. Harry's has fixed shaving by combining a simple, clean design with a quality, durable blade at a fair price. Harry's founders were tired of paying for razors that were overpriced and overdesigned. Harry's bought a world-class blade factory in Germany that's been making qualifying blades for over 95 years. Yes, 95 years. Join the 10 million who have tried Harry's. Claim your trial offer by going to harrys.com slash bluewire. All of Harry's blades come with a 100% quality guarantee. If you don't love your shave, let them know and they'll give you a full refund so it's always worth trying. Again, make sure you go to harrys.com slash bluewire to redeem your razor for $3. That's, that, that's good news. Um, very hyped about that, um, especially about Tease. You know, I'm, I'm glad that Tease improved in showing that he, he deserves a roster spot. He hasn't fully showed everybody yet. You know, there's still more training camp. There's preseason games. Well, I'm glad that he is making his way. You know, he's improving. That 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 that's a positive. Um, what about the safeties? How are the safeties looking? Um, do you see Adams ahead of Tavon right now? All right. Uh, so at the safety position right now, yeah, I think it's a a head-to-head battle right now between Tavon Wilson and Andrew Adams. Not much risk of cutting either of them, especially with Tavon taking the pay cut, and then they didn't give very much guaranteed money to Andrew Adams. I'll say this. Both guys have not. Both guys have looked pretty good to me, honestly. I've I've been impressed with both. I don't know who to who's winning right now. Like it's it's really neck to neck right now. And I was kind of hoping this would be the guard position. What's happening with the safety position right now with Adams and Tavon? I don't have a clear cut winner right now. I want to see a little bit of more in this during this camp. I don't have a winner right now. I I don't even want to say anyone. So Pierre, what do you got to say about Tavon? Um, and Adams? obviously the the starters we know are uh, Quandre and Tracy. And then the fourth safety is going to be probably Will Harris, but he's he's also development. I mean, I, he's had plays where he's been lost in coverage sometimes, like other Jay times. Him. Yeah, it's just like Will Harris needs to work. He has some work to do. Um, yeah. Honestly, I think I'd give the nod like just by a little to Andrew Adams. 
I just like I don't know. I watched him obviously only for one day. I like Adams more, a little more. And I've also read that Adams has been making more plays than Tavon. Like you see pass deflections here, picks here and there. Yeah, I think maybe Adams might be a tick ahead, but it's not by a lot. I agree. Adams does have that more play playmaking ability. He is the one who actually picked off Cam Newman three times in one game. So yep, sure did. He, he does have the more playmaking ability, I think, than Tavon, but there's no clear-cut winner right now. That's going to be a very interesting battle to go on from camp and preseason. Uh, it's something for sure to look out for. But, um, Chuck, how has he been? It's been good in camp. special teams like always. <laughs> now, if you look at him right now, we have a lot of safeties on the roster. He's not safe at all. You no, he's not safe. Chuck is not safe. Because there's this other undrafted kid that I like a lot. I don't know, like some. I was watching him closely, and I I just like him. His name is CJ Moore. CJ Moore. You could, yeah, and you you also read more about him, and there's been a lot of stuff on him. I that that dude can play special teams, and he's made some plays on the ball. Like the problem with Chuck is like when he's been going out in preseason games, he hasn't really uh, made Impressive. much plays on defense. On special teams, we know he's a dog. Yeah, but this team likes likes versatile guys, and yeah, if cool. CJ Moore is the better guy, they'll go with CJ. Yeah, I I don't I don't think Chuck's safe at all. He's I mean I really haven't seen him much or at all at the safety position. I've seen him basically essentially all in special teams drills, and you know obviously he always looks good in special teams. But um, yeah, he's definitely not safe. Okay, so basically Adams and Tavon, one of them is going to get cut. Is what you guys believe? Yeah, I yes. think one of them makes it. One of them. Gets, one of them makes cut. it. One of them gets cut. That's right. a head-to-head battle right now. Head-to-head battle. That makes sense. What about the wide receivers? We're going to the offensive side of the ball. How do wide receivers are looking? Um, I've said, I said this last or two episodes ago. I said my locks were Kenny Gowdy, Marvin Jones, Danny Amendola, and that's not changing. I'm keeping those locks. After that, it get, it gets very interesting. I like I said, Jermaine Curse hasn't been too impressive, so I don't. I don't know. It, that's something to look out for preseason. I'm not having him as a as a roster spot right now. And a guy I have making the roster, like I said in the beginning of the episode, Brandon Powell. Because I think Brandon Powell has the ability, like I said earlier in the episode, to play out of the backfield and be involved in the passing game, kind of to take over that Theo Riddick role. Right now, to me, Brandon Powell is more key to this team than Jermaine Curse. I think he has more of a roster spot to me. Jermaine Curse. I'm going to take Brandon Powell over Jermaine Curse, and I have Jermaine Curse being the odd man out, and I'll stick with Travis Fogel making the team. Um, I think like the four and five are between like three to four guys. You have Chris Lacey, you have Powell. I think Powell might be more safe now, but we'll see how they how he does in the preseason. Chris Lacey, uh, Powell, Jermaine Curse, Travis Fogum. So I think all those guys are competing for two spots. How about your boy, uh, Andy Jones? Oh, yeah, my bad. I forgot Andy Jones. Yeah. Uh, oh, I have him Andy make, Jones, not making the team. <laughs> well, Andy Jones, like, see, they like versatile players. Like we said, he could play. He's a good gunner. And I think, I th- I think Brandon Powell has more of a, a, a need to this team than Andy Jones to me personally. Yeah, I mean, we'll just see. They, they value yeah. special teams, obviously. So, yeah. does value special teams. Maybe they carry uh, six, but I don't see him carrying six. That's too much to me. Yeah, so, and it's hard to tell when, like, 
David fails is throwing is throwing on the ball too. It's it's really hard. <laughs> Welcome, like I'm not kidding. It, it's hard. The guy overthrows it. He underthrows it. He he anticipates routes. Sits in the it's pocket. Just, he sits in the pocket too long. It's just weird the way he he throws. I don't like him. Disgusting is the word for him. You trash. Yeah, so trash. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! David like, Phils has a lot of bad words connected to his name, and not many good. Come off, you stand for fuck off our team, you bitch ass, lame, lame. Or uh, actually, no good at all, honestly. He seems like a good guy. I'll give him that. I want to say one thing though. <laughs> Travis Fogum, the day I was there, he stayed after practice, and he was working uh, by himself. By himself, he was just like working with the jugs, like. It was just nice to see a rookie working by himself. I saw that with Curse as well, actually, after practice. So, I see, yeah. So, and also, uh, Danny Amendola, he's been like a coach on the field. He's been talking to these guys. He's been talking to Stafford. He's been talking to the young wide receivers. So, the Dola signing looks good right now, and he's a like savvy route runner as well. Smooth. I agree. That's, that's going to be interesting. Um, especially, it's going to be interesting is when Tommy Lee Lewis comes back. I want to see. Who's the better person? Who's the better receiver as far as him and Brandon Powell? I think they're gonna when he comes back. I think they're gonna have their own type of battle for that that position that you're talking about, Tyler. You make a good point about because that. because they're both the same. They're, they're same size as far as size set. Um, I think Tommy Lee Tommy Lee Lewis might be faster to be honest. So that's gonna be interesting when he comes back. I think as soon as he comes back, between him and Brandon Powell, they're going to have their own little battle. That was actually my competition when we signed Tommy Lee Lewis. I thought it would come down to Brandon Powell or Tommy Lee Lewis. But with Tommy Lee Lewis not being out there right now because being on the pup list, you know, I'm giving the advantage to Brandon Powell. But, you know, that could change when we do our next segment next week on this. So right now, yeah, right now I have Brandon Powell just because that's what I've seen so far. I haven't seen anything of Tommy Lee Lewis Instead, uh, all I've seen from Tommy Lee Lewis is just running on the sidelines, uh, getting prepared. So, um, and, so, and then what happened to him last year? Unfortunately, the, the unfortunate situation that happened to him last year. Yep, as a Saints. Correct. Yep, he got correct. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, what about? I know. You, I know. We talked about TJ, and this is like the obvious. So when we talk about TJ Hawkinson, we know that he's he's been phenomenal. But how's the rookies doing? The other rookies, outside uh, outside of TJ. I want to say one thing. The second round pick, Jelani Tavai, he's like, he he's makes legit. Jared Davis look small. He's huge. Yeah, we, 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 we knew that coming in. And the role that he has on his team, Malcolm, I've seen him play Mike. I've seen him play um, Jack. They, they move him around so much. And this guy, like, you don't really see that much mental mistakes. You know how Jared sometimes, like, had some mental errors? Yeah. Tavai seems like he got this defense down already. I don't want to overhype it too much, but Tavai is quietly impressing me. He's yeah. like mm. as a as a second round pick and like people saying they drafted him too early. Well, he's showing that he's a second round pick right now. Like he's showing he was worthy of that. I'll say this, his coverage has been more impressive to me than Jaron Davis and his three years here. I agree. Uh, I've been mm. impressed. And you know, it does Devon Kennard's not out there. Like I said, Christian Jones is not out there. So we'll see what his role is when those guys are back out there. But from what I have seen, yeah, Jelani and Jared have looked good so far. I've liked both of them so far. What about some other rookies? Do you guys have any other rookies that are impressing? Well, I would say Will Harris and Amani. We kind of covered this already. I think they are both development projects. I think they're going to take a few weeks to adjust to the NFL game speed. So I don't expect too much out of those guys. 
from the first half of the season. There are other draft picks. I've not been impressed with P.J. Johnson one bit. Um, Isaac Nada, he's had his ups and downs. I wouldn't call him a lock yet. And then Ty Johnson's looked pretty good. I, I think he benefits from the theoretic transaction. And then who else am I missing? What about uh, like some of the un, like uh, the, some of the undrafted guys? Like maybe like Trey Lamar. How's he doing? Uh, he I mean, his size stands out, but like he he had like a he had like a tip, but like he didn't like he tipped it, but it still went off his fingertips. Someone caught it, but he has like good awareness. But his speed, man, it just shows he's not like he's not fast. He's all right. I don't know. And then with Austin Bryant, honestly, when Austin Bryant was out there, he was getting a lot of like first and second team reps. So he was. Mm. So he looked like he could be a starter or, you know, we'll be getting a lot of reps when he is ready to go. But he did get hurt on Sunday. Looked like with the wrist, that's just speculation. I don't want to go too much into speculating that. But um, I'd say Bryant, TJ Hawkinson, and Jelani Tavai. And I even go on the limb and say Ty Johnson could look like the most ready and look to have most adjust to the NFL game. That is something that we all like to hear. That's yeah. definitely something that we all like to hear. Um, what about give me somebody that's nobody really talking about that has a chance to like make the team, like a guy, like an underdog, a guy who nobody's even have on the radar to make the yeah. team. Yeah, yeah, I have one actually, and he was actually on the team week seventeen when Ashawn got placed in IR. Mitchell Laven, uh, he's he's looked impressive, man. I've he's this is his third year in the league, I believe. He was with. New Orleans, his rookie year, he was here last year for a little bit. I uh, was on the practice squad, I believe, for most of the time, and you know, got promoted week seventeen. Was inactive, so he never got to touch the field. Um, I don't know if I have him making the team right now because of how stacked the defensive line is, but he has looked good. He's taking advantage of the guys that are not out there, the Trey Flowers, the Romeo Aquara. He's taking advantage right now of those guys not being out there, and he's looked pretty good. And another guy I got for you is linebacker Garrett Dooley. And like I mentioned, Devon Kennard and Christian Jones have not been out there. So he's taking advantage of the spot, and he's looked, right. I wouldn't say great, but he's looked pretty good at that linebacker spot. And he's taking advantage of the spot. So that's all you could ask for, guys, taking advantage of the spot. Um, I want to say one guy that, like, we signed him in free agency. Uh, Logan Thomas. I mean, oh, maybe yeah. he's expected to make the roster, but man, when they throw, he's making plays. He he makes plays in the red zone. He's athletic. He can't really block, but he is super athletic. He runs by guys. He catches everything thrown his way. I think that's your tight end three lock. I think he's a lock nice. on this roster. It'll be awesome. fun. I mean, in the red zone, if you think about it, you got. Marvin Jones, who's six two, Kenny Galladay, who's six four, T.J. Hawkinson, six five. I believe Logan Thomas is six six. I want to say, I don't know, but you have all these huge guys. Like you Jesse can sort James of too. Jesse James, thank you. You got all these guys six two and taller. I mean, you got some red zone targets now. Yeah, I for Logan Thomas, I would love to say I'm surprised. I say, I'll say this: he surprised me more than I expected. But I honestly, when they had Michael Roberts. When they had Isaac Nada, I have always had Logan Thomas as my lock, as my tight end three. So it's not really, I guess, it surprised me like how well he's doing. But um, I'm not surprised that he he's going to make the team or he's the third tight end on this team. So that's probably the reason why I didn't mention him. But like you said, he is having a really impressive camp so far with the Lions. Yeah, I want to say one more name. That's uh, that no Nick Bowden. 
that dude can truck people. When I mean truck, I mean he could truck. He's catch. They're also using him as a receiver. Nick Bodden has been impressive to me. Uh, I think he's going to make the roster as a fullback. But we got to see more like until preseason. But for right now, I think he's a lock as well. Yeah, they're going to definitely uh, use the fullback a lot more this year. And they have actually a true fullback this year, not using Nick Ballore, Joe Dahl, Luke Wilson. They have a true fullback this year. Now, last year it was really big as far as everybody know that everybody was saying the players didn't buy in to Matt Patricia. Do you do you have that sense that the players are not buying in, or do you see that the players are more buying in this year than they were last year? Uh, all, all I gotta say is listen to Mike Daniels what he had to say about Matt Patricia, and then if you guys if you want to say that players are not buying in, then I don't uh, you took the message wrong. Malcolm, can we play the audio? Yeah, let's, let's take a listen to that. He's just he's just a, a genius. He really is, man. He understands the game of football. He knows what it takes. So uh, to be able to play for a coach like that, that means everything. It means everything. And uh, I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm really trying to be restrained right now, you know, because I'm, I'm just too, I'm so excited. If I could do a backflip, I'd do one right now, but I can't. <laughs> but I'm, I'm really excited. All right. So we, we saw what Mike Daniel said. I mean, he, he wants to be here. He wants to play for Matt Patricia. Calls him a genius. And you could see, like, the players, they're, they're practicing hard. And they're not like you could see they're not complaining like their body language like it's there like last year maybe it wasn't there as much but this year I don't know how to say it. it's just that they're buying in they're in it they're like they're go they're going with their coach yeah and I want to say this Matt Patricia looks like a dog out there in that ATV he looks like a beast <laughs> in that ATV running like around the baller. field he looks like he he should have won baller of the week honestly with how impressive <laughs> Hawkinson and Stafford has been. Matt Patricia looks impressive in that ATV out there. Like you haven't really seen a player say, "I signed here because of this guy." Like that's like he had thirteen offers, he had twelve other offers, yeah, and he awesome. chose us. Like that's just if you think about, it, they're like, "Holy shit!" Yeah, you know? I, I, that's I, awesome. I, I've I've never seen that uh, coming from the same division as well. That's crazy to me. What about the special teams? How's the special teams looking out there? Um, I would say, I mean. It's the same crew, like uh, like the last whatever years it's been. Matt Prater, Sam Martin, and Don Wilbach. And people are going to make the argument of Ryan Santoso. Could he make the run this year? I don't think he does. I think Sam Martin still gets that job. And, um, you know, it's not really uh, many, much to talk about. I think that's, that's, that's the position on special teams, the big three, you, you can call them. That's a third lock. I think not much to say about it. Just count them as a lock. Yeah, Sam Martin's actually like last year had a little, maybe a little bit down year. This year he looks fine. He's kicking the ball well. Prater is Prater, Mule is Mule. Exactly. But I do want to say one thing: the returners they have some competition. There's some guys competing. There's Dola's back there. Powell. Agnew is back there. Powell is back there. Quandre. Quandre Diggs is back. Quandre Diggs has been a little not like he's dropped. I think he dropped one. I think the other day, but yeah, he did on Saturday. Yeah, and Patricia gave him some words I heard. Yep. Um, what about the kick the kick returning job? Do you see mainly Ty Johnson there or do you switch up as well? I think it's I think it's Ty Johnson's job to win. It's Ty Johnson? Okay. You could see also um uh Jamal Agnew down there too, but Yeah. I mean, I don't know. We'll see. Okay. It looks like we just wrapped up the first week of training camp. 
All right, we start with breaking news on this Sports Center. Moves already being made. The Eagles landing a new defensive tackle, according to our Josina Anderson, former Jaguar Malik Jackson. Receivers, the Lions announcing they have signed veteran Danny Amendola. ESPN Santa Receiver reports it's a one-year deal worth up to $5.75 million. All right, everybody. You know what time it is. It is Around the League with Malcolm. And Let's go. <laughs> this week, we're going to start it off in Dallas. Oh. Running back Ezekiel Elliott continues to hold out of camp, and it does not look good. Um, reports are saying that the running back, Ezekiel Elliott, is actually heading to Cabo San Lucas, Mexico. Continu- Wait, what? To continue his training separately while his team and the Dallas Cowboys negotiate his contract. This guy's going to Mexico to train? Apparently, his agent has a private facility, private location in Mexico. And they said that he used this um, facility when he was suspended. Yep. And so so apparently he, he's going there to, to, I guess, keep in shape, train, while his team negotiates a contract, and he's not showing up to camp. Does not look that. good. I did not Does know not that. Good. That's very interesting. In Cincinnati, I'm pretty sure everybody heard the terrible news um, about A.J. Green. If you're a fan of football, you are a fan of, you know, good wide receivers. A.J. Green. Man, I love actually, A.J. He was actually carted off the field. On Saturday's training camp, it looks like AJ Green has a torn ligament on his left ankle, which will leave him sidelined for six to eight weeks. So oh, that's that situation in in Cincinnati is not looking too good. They, they don't have a really a replacement for him, right. so that that's definitely not looking good. Um, in Miami, this is some interesting news, and especially hometown. so. And so early, and you know, this is stuff that makes me chuckle, but it is what it is. Uh, Miami actually fired their online coach, Pat Fairley. <laughs> Why? And <laughs> Why? <laughs> like, don't make me laugh, man. Wait, Malcolm, right. did they hire him? Did did they just hire this guy too? Uh, okay. Apparently, they hired him. He's from what I heard is that he's really respected around the league. Um, so they hired him, and from what I heard is that their online just looked awful. Few, past few days of training camp, they looked awful. Um, so they actually were leaving for duty and they promoted the analyst Dave and I hope I don't destroy his name. His name is he's an analyst Dave D. Gu Limo. Okay. Coach. <laughs> um they promoted him to online coach and yeah, they pretty much relieved their online coach for duty. So this guy was not caught with cocaine and strippers like the other. No, guy, he was right? not ca- caught with anything like that. He was just I guess he couldn't I forgot about that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he just, I guess he couldn't just translate the terminology for the online that you know Yikes. they're looking for. That's, um, so that's that's, that's, that's not a bad good. luck. That's not good. <laughs> and the last news of the day, and this is the one that struck all of Detroit Lions fans because our beloved favorite, um, and this is coming from New York, our beloved favorite Golden Tate is actually suspended for the first four games for using a fertility drug. Now, this is a nightmare for. Giants fans everywhere because when you're looking at the Giants situation at wide receiver, they already lost Corey Coleman for the year with a torn ACL. Um, Sterling Shepard is dealing with a fractured thumb, which is going to have him sidelined for a right. for some time. Well, nobody knows when exactly his his return is. So if this suspension stands, they don't have 
anybody. They got TJ Jones now. They have best, and TJ Jones will become their number one receiver, which is, I would have to say, not not good. Um, Yikes. <laughs> um, but the good thing is Golden Tate, his team, um, general manager from the Giants, they all have high beliefs, and, and they do believe that they're going to appeal the case, and they do believe that Golden Tate will will win the case because it looks like he was completely unaware, and he did report everything to the general managers and the front office. The NFL. Front office. He, he reports everybody. So hopefully, you know, he wins his appeal and he's able to play all year and not suspended because that's just going to be a terrible look if he's not out there. Exactly. I think he'll win it. I think GT. I mean, we saw GT is like a class act guy. He does a lot for the community. He's a good player on and off the field. Good family man. I think. I think he'll win it. He's a good guy. You know, like what I don't get. Like we talked about this last week. Tyreek Hill. There's audio of him. He did not even get suspended, bro. And the other day he came out and said he was boxing with his son. Like what? No one believes that shit. Come on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, what what Golden Tate said, and the thing is, it looks like Golden Tate was aware of what was going to happen because it looked like this is the standard protocol. As when they do find something, no matter what, they have to suspend them until they appeal. You know, we are supporting Golden Tate. We hopefully, hopefully, he does win his appeal. And he's able right. to play again because he's a good guy. You know, he played in the league, what, 10 years? He's been nothing but a role model to everybody. Everybody, all the fans, you know, he's a great guy. So he definitely, you know, I, I'm I'm confident he can do it on purpose. Okay, and that is it with Around the League with Malcolm. Europe. All right, guys, that's a wrap to episode 30 of the Pride Podcast. Uh Thank you guys so much for all the support from the Mike Daniels episode, and I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. I'm Tyler from Lions Nation. I'm Pierre from Detroit Lions fan page. I am Malcolm. I am with the Detroit Lions video page. All right, Lions fans, take care, and we, we'll have more to cover for you for training camp. Peace all out. right, guys. Peace out. Peace. Pride Podcast is sponsored by the D-Line, a lifestyle brand celebrated by Detroit and the great state of Michigan. Visit thedline.com for awesome apparel, stickers, and more. Thedline.com for Detroiters made by Detroiters.